Hi, all of you wonderful scuba divers out there. Welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast. Uh, the big news this week is, of course, the missing Titan submersible. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it that much on this podcast, mainly because it's an ongoing story and I'm recording this on Thursday morning. So by the time that you get to hear this, the story's probably changed and you're already probably sick and tired of hearing about it on the news every single day for the past week. Um, but some other things happened this week that I'm going to talk about here in the United Kingdom. The king is set to endorse a ban on the shark fin import and export in the country, which is nice to see, and it's a better late than never, I suppose. There's a recall on some oceanic BCDs that you do need to uh, know about if you dive one of them, obviously. It's mainly in the United States and Canada, I believe, where they were distributed. Um, so more details later. Uh, there's a new color correction filter from Sea Life on one of their underwater camera housings. Uh, free snorkeling trips for service members this weekend here in the UK, uh, which is the 24th, so Sunday. And a new plan to use seaweeds to protect the Great Barrier Reef. So yeah, the first news story is that King Charles is set to give his royal assent to a new law that bans the import and export of shark fins later this year, which ends the United Kingdom's dark and kind of secret participation in the controversial billion dollar global shark fin trade. So every year on average, the United Kingdom exports around 20 tons of shark fins, which are typically harvested from blue sharks. They're then processed in Spain and then shipped onto uh, the Far East for use in shark fin soup and all sorts of weird uh, aphrodisiacs and stuff, whatever they're into. Uh, the United Kingdom shark fin imports, on the other hand, have been a lot harder to track since there's a loophole in European law, which we still sort of abide by, uh, that permits anybody entering the United Kingdom to bring 20 kilograms of dried shark fins through customs without any question as part of their personal import allowance. I mean, 20 kilos, that's a lot. So now with King Charles's signature, this is set to end. And Graham Buckingham, the campaign director for Bite Back, the Bite Back charity, said a UK ban on the import and export of shark fins represents a world-leading victory for shark conservation, a major blow to the shark fin industry, and a new hope to countries seeking a similar ban across Europe and the rest of the globe. So hopefully other countries are going to follow suit. Since it, uh, it launched its No Fin to Declare campaign in 2015, the Bite Back charity has been at the forefront of efforts to cease the movement of shark fins. In that time, it's tirelessly campaigned to encourage public and political support. Uh, it has navigated Brexit. Um, not all of us have navigated Brexit that well, uh, but Bite Back managed to... Um, and sort of get new opportunities. It's cancelled government and endured broken political promises. Obviously, the uh, the animal welfare bill in 2021, only to find an ally in a backbench Labour MP who put forward a private member's bill just 12 months ago. And of course, it takes forever to um, uh, to actually become legislation. But in the last year, Christina Rees, MP for Neath and Port Talbot, supported by Bite Back, successfully guided her shark fin. Bill, 
unchallenged through the Houses of Parliament and onto the Baroness Jones of Whitechurch in the House of Lords, where the bill was unilaterally supported and passed on Friday the 16th of June 2023 for royal assent into law. So this is wonderful news and uh, and yeah, good to see that there are some sensible people in, um, in politics. The next news story is following 73 reports of broken oceanic BCD weight pocket handles, Hewish Outdoors, who sort of own and distribute oceanic products, is recalling just under 7,500 jacket BCDs on which there is considered to be a danger of a breakage happening. Should this occur whilst diving underwater, they would be unable to dump their weights in an emergency ascent which does pose a drowning hazard however no injuries have been reported so far according to Hewish so it's basically the grab handle of the quick release weight pouches and there's a chance that some of them can just break off so you don't get the handle and then it makes it very difficult to ditch your weights which is of course quite important Uh, and that's the whole point of this recall the um the company has sold about 7,440 of the effective BCDs, mainly in the United States and Canada. The recall devices comprise the Ocean Pro BCD, the Excursion BCD, and HERA models uh, that bear s- specific serial numbers. I'm not going to list them out here because they're all like six to eight digits long. So if you go down to the description, there'll be a link to the uh, to the DiverNet article and yeah, you can find out whether you're affected or not. A really easy way to uh, to find out because it might be that you've bought replacement weight pouches, which are also a part of this recall. Um, it's the QLR4 pocket handles. And if you look at the underside of the handles, they um, they either do have a date code sort of stamped into the underside or they do not if the weight pouches that you have and you're looking at do not contain a date code on the underside then they should be considered as needing to be recalled the same applies with qlr weight pockets that divers might have bought separately so yeah have a good look through have a look at the serial number on your bcd which can be found on the bcd's cummerbund the bit that goes in front of your tummy and um yeah, there's more information on the website, so you can double check exactly um, if your BCD is affected. But if you've only just bought like weight pouches themselves, if you have a look at the underside, then you'll see like two little um, date stamps on it. If it doesn't have those, then it could be affected by the recall. To put it into perspective, it's any um, BCDs sold in dive shops and online from April 2019 up until May 2023. Uh, So there's a a fair few BCDs. Uh, Anyone who has been using one or owns one, they recommend to stop using it immediately. Contact Hewish Outdoors to receive free replacements and dispose of the uh, the detachable weight pockets. Divers outside of the United States should contact their nearest oceanic dealer um, just for um, instructions on what to do next. The underwater camera and lighting brand Sea Life has released a new magenta color correcting filter for its sport diver smartphone housing to counter the effects of taking photographs in green water. So 
with blue water photography, you typically have red filters. But if you're diving in fresh water or just green water in general, then a kind of purpley magenta is usually better to uh, to make it look more realistic. Um, and the Sport Diver, yeah, it's, it's like a clamshell phone case where you can take your smartphone underwater and take photos underwater. I think we did a news story the um, the other week where someone had lost theirs for several months, I think, and they managed to recover the phone. They opened it up. The phone just needed charging up. It woke back up and they managed to track down the owner of the phone based on the photograph on their lock screen, uh, which is a, a lovely story. But yeah, if you own one and you're diving in green waters, then yeah, there's there is an optional red filter, but there's also now a magenta color filter. Both are made from a optical acrylic that uses proprietary color pigments, and they're most effective at depths between three and eighteen meters. Um, it says that they're very easy to add to or remove from the sport diver optical lens frame whilst diving. And they also come with a lanyard so you can attach it. And yeah, if you're diving between those depths and you want better pictures, uh, you can just add or remove them depending on whether you're in uh, sort of green or blue water. To mark Armed Forces Day here in the United Kingdom on Saturday the 24th of June, Paddy Dive Centre Dive in Falmouth in Cornwall is offering serving members of the Armed Forces and a guest the opportunity to enjoy free guided snorkel tours of Falmouth all throughout the day. So this is from Dan McCall. The, uh, the lead instructor and founder at the recently opened Castle Beach Centre is a former Royal Marines commando and a Royal Navy mine clearance diver. And he says, I've always had the passion for the ocean and I'm equally passionate about supporting the armed forces. I want to show my gratitude for the men and women that serve this country by giving back with a special underwater adventure this armed forces day. If the weather allows it, snorkelers can hope to see marine life ranging from cat sharks and cuttlefish to spider crabs, seals, lobsters and more. Dive In offers paddy courses from DSD to Dive Master with 10% discounts for Armed Forces members as well as NHS employees and students. Uh, for more information, yeah, there's going to be a link down in the description below. Click on that and uh, you can get in contact with them. And uh, yeah, go for a free snorkeling tour if you're a serving member of our Armed Forces. Um, over to the Great Barrier Reef, where a world-first project which is trialling seaweed as a nature-based solution to try and improve the quality of water flowing to the Great Barrier Reef. So they're using these seaweed biofilters and they've installed them off the coast of North Queensland to help improve the quality of water that flows to the Great Barrier Reef. And this seaweed biofilter innovation project is aiming to remove excess nitrogen from the water that's flowing directly onto the Great Barrier Reef. And these seaweed biopods, they're installed at Orpheus Island and the port of Lucinda. And they're going to be used to measure growth rates seasonally of uh, the seaweeds and environmental conditions over the next 12 months to test seaweeds and nitrogen removal potential. They're kind of these big frames with sections of seaweed attached onto them. And they're hoping that as the water and the current naturally flows through them, 
the seaweed is going to be absorbing all of this excess nitrogen so that when the uh, the water actually gets to the uh, the great barrier reef it has reduced levels of nitrogen which usually causes quite bad effects on the, on the great barrier reef every year thousands of tons of excess nutrients run off the land and out to the reef which reduces its resilience to recover from stress events like rising sea temperatures and associated coral bleaching ocean acidification and the crown of thorns starfish outbreaks ASI CEO Joe Kelly said that this was the first time that seaweed cultivation has been purposely designed and strategically located to intercept nitrogen runoff and improve water quality for the Great Barrier Reef. She says, our modelling suggests that seaweed biofilters are a cost-effective and scalable solution to water quality problems plaguing the reef and the field trials are critical or a critical step to validate this. By harnessing native seaweeds as a nature-based solution to utilise the excess nutrients flowing to coastal waters around the Great Barrier Reef seems to make a lot of sense. Whenever I explain to people that we are growing seaweeds to ecologically remove excess nutrients from coastal waters, the first question I get is, why hasn't this been done before? Seaweed is a emerging new industry in Australia, and we are at the forefront of cultivation of seaweeds to provide ecosystem services and demonstrate improved ocean and reef, uh, reef health, Miss Kelly says. So yeah, it's, it's basically a way of setting up these filters the, just seaweed in strategic locations upstream to get as many of this uh, this sort of excess nitrogen and um, and nutrients out of the water to prevent the negative effects downstream on the Great Barrier Reef. So this is kind of cool, and it's scalable as well. So if these all turn out to work and be beneficial, then they can scale it up and they can have these like pod areas where it just filters the water and just helps to create better conditions downstream over the Great Barrier Reef, which is pretty cool. Increased sedimentation and nutrients can cause higher algal growth, buildup of pollutants in sediments and marine species, and reduce light and smothering corals. Any problems associated with water quality also have the potential to compromise reef-dependent industries such as tourism, fishing, recreation, research and education, and nutrient runoff has also been linked to outbreaks of crown of thorns starfish, which is of course a significant contributor to the loss of coral cover over the Great Barrier Reef. So anything that they can do to reduce this uh, or sort of correct the water quality around the Great Barrier Reef is going to be beneficial. And that's about it as far as news story. Um, I mean, there was a news story of a, a poor 73-year-old lady who was bitten by a shark in the Bahamas. And I think as a result of the instance, she, uh, or the injury, sorry, she had to lose part of her leg, uh, which is very unfortunate. And um, I think she was a physiotherapist as well. So uh, so hopefully she's, uh, she's on, on a good road to recovery after that. Uh, this week... This week, I've been writing a couple of stories. The first one, I've been doing a um, uh, an article on diving the Galapagos and everything that's involved in that because the Galapagos is just such a unique place to go diving. It's It has that very special place 
in a lot of people's uh, sort of hearts of just like very unique endemic area and it's quite hard to reach it's um it's what a thousand kilometers off um uh ecuador and it's pretty much smack dab on the equator and it's at the confluence of like three or more water currents and it's this like little volcanic um island structure so there's lots of nutrients it's got all of these um like water currents quite deep water as well so very unique area and it's the uh, the perfect place for um uh, for a lot of marine species uh, a lot of terrestrial species as well but a lot of quite weird stuff as well you look at some of the unique species around there there's uh, what's it called the uh, the red red lipped batfish uh, very very strange creatures out there um but yeah it is not your your everyday uh, like dive location so um yeah, I've been writing a um, a story in um, in collaboration with Explorer Adventures, who runs a couple of liverboards out there, and also an article on spearfishing because spearfishing is very um, sort of under under talked about, if that makes sense. Uh, we, we don't talk about spearfishing that much, and um, yeah, it's just if people are interested in getting into spearfishing, because uh, in some circles it does have quite a negative connotation. Because obviously we don't like um, like killing marine life, uh, so spearfishing seems like the antithesis to like scuba divers and and a whole like ethos. Um, but some people will still eat seafood and actually spearfishing is the most ecologically friendly way to do it because it's very selective um there's practically zero bycatch because you're just shooting at one particular fish that you have selected um there's no ghost gear neither because there's no like hooks that can snag on things uh so yeah as far as a environmentally responsible way of eating seafood it's probably the most um most friendly method so um yeah and that was in collaboration with scuba.com uh over in the states they've got two dive centers one on the west coast in in california and the other one in the um uh oh, new york in uh, in manhattan so uh yeah they they know what they're doing when it comes to uh sort of spearfishing off the west and the east coast of the united states um but that's about it it's it's another one of those like roller coaster weeks where just days have just disappeared and most of it is trying to keep on top of the uh the titan submersible going missing um i literally as i'm recording this it's uh it's thursday morning so they've probably got about an hour maybe two hours of um of oxygen left um so we're kind of at that hmm, they they still haven't found them they've got lots of boats and, uh, and airplanes kind of searching for them but they haven't really found anything yet uh so hopefully uh with an optimistic hat on um yeah they'll find them in the next few hours and everything will be fine uh with a more realistic hat on um it might be a while before they find them because yeah it's a pretty small submersible um i've seen a lot of people online and comments like oh well yeah why don't they just sort of send like a big magnet down and um to like pull them back up and the the thing is made out of titanium and carbon fiber so not very magnetic and um yeah at 
those extreme depths a lot of the submarines that um that are trying to get down there uh, a lot of like submersibles can't get down to those kind of depths i think the uh, the current record i forget the exact number but it's like 1500 feet for um uh, for recovering something at depth i think it was like a, a helicopter or something in the philippines uh whereas this is a lot deeper than that so um who knows who knows hopefully uh, by the time you're listening to this uh there's some happy news or at least some news that have come out of this new story um but uh, only time will tell at uh, at the time of recording uh yeah it's not looking too good for them unfortunately but that's it for another week uh so thank you for joining us everybody and uh yeah remember to check out today's sponsor which is scuba pro um yeah they do make very very nice diving equipment they are always a, a top selling brand and yeah when you look at the equipment it's very easy to recommend scuba pro because it is it is a premium brand with sensible prices and they have a decent range as well so if you don't feel like you need to invest in the top top of the range stuff even the like the entry level diving equipment is really nice and quite hard to fault so yeah head over to their website scubapro.johnson outdoors but i think if you just search for or just type in uh scubapro.com uh the the internet's a clever place i think it automatically forwards you anyway um otherwise yeah you can check out our website scubadivermag.com check out our magazine uh that's a, a weekly magazine because i've submitted my um uh, my story for the commercial diver course so uh, that will be published soon hopefully and uh, and then i'll do a video about it with what little uh, sort of pictures and videos I managed to take because I brought like cameras and things, but you're working constantly. Uh, so it was quite hard to get any kind of uh, like sort of photos or videos. And I suppose technically because I didn't have the ticket at the time, I couldn't do uh, I couldn't do underwater filming to record whilst I was on the course because I hadn't completed the course yet. But anyway, um stay tuned for that that'll be over the uh, the next sort of month or two uh being published otherwise yeah thank you for listening everybody and of course safe diving